The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. So glad you're with us. We've got a lot of information to share with you, and you're at the right place for the most practical, realistic, most current home improvement information you'll find anywhere. During this hour, we're going to talk about how you can repair splits that happen in framing lumber without taking that piece of lumber out. It's possible, and it does happen. We'll tell you all about that. Also, we get a lot of calls and emails about moles. Uh, Moles are a big problem for a lot of people. We're going to explore that a little bit and share with you some of the things we found that work and others that simply don't work. Also, a non-slip surface for concrete. Boy, I'll tell you, when it gets wet or the humidity's high, on a concrete porch. You can really have a bad slip and fall. We'll tell you how to improve that. We've got a lot of great emails from all over the country. We appreciate that. And also, Joe, what about that simple solution coming up in a bit? Well, Danny, we're often talking about ways to use a circular saw safely. And one of the most common chores is cutting down large panels, plywood down to size. So I have a quick, simple solution how to do that really safely. Oh, that's fantastic. Hey, we want to hear from you. We'll make it very easy for you. You can send us an email anytime by going to today's homeowner.com slash ask, or you can call the hotline 800-946-4420 is the Today's Homeowner Hotline, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, your opportunity to tell us anything you would like to hear on the show. Maybe you have a question that's kind of plaguing you and bothering you a bit, or like several that we received this week, you might have a tip that we can share with our audience. We're going to go through all of that in just a little bit during this hour. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a question that's plaguing me necessarily, Danny, but I do have a question. <laughs> depending on how you answer it, maybe it will be plaguing me. But uh, I wanted to get back to you because we didn't get a chance to talk last week. The radio show was so busy that you and your lovely wife, Sharon, had gone out to Hollywood, California for a very special bucket list item that you ticked off, right? Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, well, well, I tell you, I, um, it kind of snuck up on me because I, n- I never even heard of this concert until the day before the tickets went on sale. Oh, wow. We were able to hustle and get those tickets and everything. And then as it got closer and closer, I realized uh, this is a this is a big event. It's the musical event of the year is what it was touted as. And I guarantee you it was that and then right. some. It was Willie Nelson's 90th birthday was on the Saturday night of the concert. It was a two-night concert, but it was just unbelievable, Joe. One, 45 different acts coming out. Oh, my gosh. 45. Yeah. One after the other and sometimes. Sometimes uh, two people would come out and sing, but quite a diverse group of people. Um, w- uh, Willie has a, a large group of friends from, that he's met over the 90 years he's yeah, I uh, bet. had his feet on the ground. And uh, But, I mean, you know, people like uh, Neil Young and Stephen Stills coming out and doing three songs. I mean, you, that, that hadn't wow. happened in probably 25 years, you yeah, know? Yeah, maybe and, more, right. And then you have names like uh, Tom Jones. Yes, Tom Jones is still... <laughs> the Tom Jones? The Tom Jones is still wow. out there. Good for he him. Went, 
He wasn't shaking around too much this time, but uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was really actually very, very funny talking about how, you know, he's always the old one in the bunch, but he's not right. that night, you know, because uh, I think right. uh, Tom's like 78 years old. And uh, I mean, Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg coming out and, and singing wow. a song with, with Willie. And, uh, but, but the, the craziest thing, and it was completely unexpected, is the right. Pretty much the last show on the second night, Willie had someone come out on stage with him and sing and play, I'm going to live forever. So who would be the most appropriate person to do that? Yes, Keith Richards with the Rolling Stone (laughs) walked right out. And uh, like I say, you couldn't couldn't even go to the bathroom because you didn't know what you were going to miss. Yeah, that's right. So uh, anyway, phenomenal. Ran into a few people I know out there. uh, Really? So anyway, it was. This uh, was at the Hollywood Bowl. So this is an outdoor venue, right? Yeah, it was beautiful. The weather was great. Well, the first night um, uh, I wore short short pants and um i had a little pullover thing so i was okay there but it, after the sun went down and the wind picked up it oh. got really really cold and i didn't uh, you know oh man this is gonna what be do a long, long yeah. night well my wife said i need some popcorn so she takes off and gets popcorn stays gone a while when she comes back she has about five hundred dollars worth of ho- <laughs> hoodies and blankets and hats <laughs> it's like hey baby it's not a blizzard here but thank you uh but it was well yeah it was it was great that we were able to uh um, uh, pull through. And I got some great souvenirs out of it. So thanks oh, for asking that. But I, I oh, did good. I'm glad it worked out. I know you were looking forward so. to that. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I, uh, they were taping everything, so I assume that it'll be on you know streaming or oh, TV good. Oh, or, yeah. or, or someplace. Yeah. So, but, I wanted to mention that I was thinking about you last week because I heard on the radio that they announced this year's selection to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the ceremony is going to be sometime this summer in New York City. Um, and Willie Nelson is being honored and inducted. I know. They don't, I saw that it's, too. Not, it's not yeah. just rock and rollers. Of course, they have different music type of musicians inducted. So he's had he's had quite a year. Yeah, he, he sure she, he sure has. You know, he seemed like he was in fair shape. I mean, you know, he yeah. did sit down. You, normally he stands up, I think, just something recently where he's sitting down. And also his two sons are way better than I knew about. I mean, I never I didn't really, know he had two sons that were musicians. Yeah, my, I mean, one of them um, came out by himself and sang um, uh, Angels Flying Too Close to the Ground um, by himself with an acoustic guitar in front of 15,000 people, and he nailed it. If you closed wow. your eyes, you thought you were looking, you, you thought you were hearing a, a, a 40-year-old um, Willie Nelson up there. Yeah. So, Pretty, oh, pretty amazing great. stuff. So, well, I'm glad. Congratulations. I'm glad you were able to do that. All right, let's get back to some home improvement stuff, Joe. Oh you know, yeah, some, I forgot. So, we're on the radio. Right? <laughs> something a lot of people ask about, and we've um, you've shared your tip with us quite a bit. We've had a number of people. Seems like people are maybe getting still doing some spring cleaning and so forth. Yep. Talking mm-hmm. about cabinets, and, you know, if you get into a kitchen, you know, even if you are a very you know clean person and you have a really nice clean kitchen. Uh, grease will accumulate in different areas that you don't know about. And it's not that hard to get that grease off. But once you take the grease off and you start cleaning your cabinets, you might be surprised how good it will make them look. Why don't you share with us some of those tips that we found that have always worked really well to do a little degreasing? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways. I've Like most homeowners, I've tried everything from a little steam cleaning machine we have. And and um, we, have a, we have a simple solution where you take... A, sponge and you put it in a microwave with some water and lemon juice or white vinegar and you heat it up and you use that. Um, and I've found that what, and all of those work. Now, the other thing is you don't know, like some kitchens are really, really greasy and some are not greased 
quite as greasy. So, you know, some techniques work better than others, but one that works uh, in almost every situation, Danny, is good old Dawn. We talk about Dawn um, dishwashing soap all the time and it cuts grease. And I'm not sure why, what's in it and why every dish soap doesn't cut grease. I mean, you'd think that would be kind of important, but for some reason, Dawn is the only one that really is uh, highly recommended for any greasy surface. So you can, there's lots of ways to go. Of course, if it's a heavy grease buildup, I would suggest warming a a scouring sponge and a little water in the microwave. Wear rubber gloves. You don't want it. You don't want it hot, hot. You just want it warm. And then um, put some Dawn dish soap in there and and scrub it. And I would start with the sponge side, not the scouring side, just to see if you can remove it without. Because you don't want to. And it depends, of course, if it's a stain cabinet that has varnish on it or it's painted. So you don't want to scuff up the paint um, or the or the polyurethane or varnish finish. So, but but the bottom line is Dawn is is the best way to go regardless of how much grease is on there. Um, and, you know, keep a towel nearby because, of course, it's going to be running all over the place um, so to mop up a little bit of water that drains off. But that, that if you can try the white vinegar or lemon juice, but you might want to just cut to the chase in some case and go right to the dawn with warm water and a scouring sponge. You know, there's a, while you're at the process of cleaning up in the kitchen there a little bit. Uh, don't forget about the filters because one of the areas yeah, you're going right. to be cleaning around is your um, cooktop and certainly your um, range hood and hopefully you have one that goes all the way to the outside. Because if it's recirculating, it's just recirculating pretty much everything. It might be filtering a small amount of stuff out, but it can actually make the grease situation and the accumulation of grease even worse. So hopefully you have a vent that goes all the way to the outside. Either way, the the, the filters that are in there, you can clean them. Uh, again, soak them in Dawn um, dishwashing liquid in your sink and uh, then pop them in the dishwasher and let them run through a cycle there. It's very important to filter that air and also turn the switch on. Make sure that you do use it on a regular basis. Hey, we're just getting started here on today's Homeowner Radio this week. We've got a lot of things to, to share with you, including how you can repair a split in a some framing lumber there if you're having a problem with it. Also, we're going to tell you about a brand new station that's joined the Today's Homeowner Network. You're listening to Today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. Today's Homeowner is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show, heard coast to coast on some amazing stations, including this brand new one that just started airing the show in Spearman, Texas, KXDJ 98.3 FM. Special hello to everybody there. We've got a lot of great listeners all over the state of Texas, and we want to hear from you uh, there in Spearman on any type of uh, problem you might be having around your home. Give us a call at 800 946 4420, or you can send us an email at todayshomeowner.com slash ask. Right now, we're going to New York on the hotline. David's on the line. David, welcome to the show, and tell us what's going on around your house there. Yes, I have a sill plate problem. Uh, I recently discovered that the sill plate on the back of my house is split in half the entire length of the house, and I was wondering if that's a job a do-it-yourselfer can repair, or does it have to be professionally replaced? Well, um, that's a little unusual. That's I mean, a new question. 
we've not, we've not had that one, David. Yeah, I know it. I know it. Well, you know, wood will split like that, and then if it, you know, expansion and contraction, a small split can become a larger crack in the wood. Now, so you're able to see this from inside your garage or basement? Oh, it's in the basement, yes. I can okay. see it. Uh, you go up and look inside the rafter area, and you can see the split. Okay, so it's um on the on the floor or um on the, the, the upper part of it near the ceiling? It's the part that sits on top of the concrete wall. So it's the mud mud sill, what we typically call a mud sill, right? Well, we have basements with concrete poured concrete walls. Yep, me too, yep. And so this oh. is the very first piece of lumber that sits right on top of a concrete wall. Yes. Yeah, is it, is it a, like a pressure-treated 2 by 8 or something like that? Can you tell? Um, I think so, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's pretty typical. Well, well I'll tell, tell you what. Well, I mean, first thing I think about is, um, you know, if you're able to squeeze, instead of replacing it, just to install some screws horizontally in it, because you can get screws three inches, four inches, whatever, like a deck screw, and then go along there about every 16 inches and just put that screw in just to kind of keep it from splitting anymore. And uh, that's probably all that's needed because, you know, it's it's not likely to uh, cause any problems, you know, unless it just deteriorates in some way. Joe, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, David, I feel really bad because I think I'm a pretty good homeowner. I take care of my home as well as I could, as well as I can. I've never once gone up and peeked at my mud cells to see what's going on up there. Maybe mine are split too. Maybe I'll need to do that after the show. How did you even discover that? You're just looking at your mud cells for some reason? or it's not, it's not broken out where it's like hanging out into the basement, right? No, actually, it kicked the rim joist out a little bit from the house. Oh, oh um, okay. So what it was is... I was working out in my basement, and I was feeling a slight draft this past winter because mm-hmm. we had a lot of wind. Um, right. And so I figured out where the, the draft was coming from and looked up in there and saw that it was split, and that's where I came up with that. Oh, okay. So it's actually pushing the, the rim joists and probably deciding out a little bit, and that's where the wind is coming up through? Yes. Yeah. Well, driving a screw may or may not pull that in, but I guess that would be your only option. I agree with Danny. You could drill some holes and drive you know some big old screws with a washer head on it through from the inside and see if it pulls it the other option you might have is you could get some three quarter inch plywood or even thicker if you can get one inch plywood and cut it to fit on top and then glue these with some really good construction adhesive glue it right on the top now you'd have to use a right angle drill or a right angle attachment perhaps to get up in there i don't know how much room you're going to have but if you have enough room That'd be another, this way you're basically like splicing those two split halves together with this glued down piece of plywood. And that would certainly stop any movement. Of course, you're going to have to do that between every, if this spans the length of your house, you're going to have to do that between every joist, every floor joist. So that might be a lot of work. But that's the only thing I could suggest, you know, to pull those together. And even if you didn't pull them together, I'm not sure what would happen. I guess, would they continue to spread out? I'm not sure. Okay, well, I'll try the deck screws and uh, some glue in there, construction glue, and see if I can pull it back in. That's mm-hmm. what I was wondering if that was something I could do, if that would even work. Yeah, so, I think, not sure. I think, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, you, good you, luck, it, David. Yeah, it should be, should be good. Yeah, best of luck to you on that, David, and thanks so much for being a part of the show this week. Well, thank you. Alrighty. Okay, we're going to go right to some emails here. Um, if you'd like to send us one, you can do so at todayshomeowner.com slash 
asked, this came from Sharon in Michigan, said, we're interested in replacing our old hot water heater with a tankless water heater. We had our house built about five years ago, and now we're thinking it's time to make the change. Anything I should be aware of, and is this an easy process? Well, um, first of all, um, no real, I'm not real sure why you would want to change your water heater out that's only five years old. Life expectancy on them is approximately 10 years, so it's about halfway through. I don't blame you for, you know, kind of getting your ducks in a row and doing your research on finding out about a tankless water heater if you're deciding to go with that. But, you know, and the main advantages of a tankless water heater is not instant water, but endless water. So you basically never run out of water because it's heating it as it's providing it to you. You can also, uh, with a, if you're having trouble, if you're having to wait a long time for hot water at any particular faucet, they also have the recirculating type of tankless water heaters that will, again, not give you instant hot water, but boy, does it ever speed the process up. I have one of those in my home. Um, and so so that would be the thing. And of course, Joe, we also talk about the advantage of if you have a water heater that's taken up, let's say, a space in a closet right, in your yep. garage, in your kitchen, different places, well, the tankless water heater can be mounted on the outside of the house, and that will provide you that extra space. But um, I don't really think any need to, to worry about it unless you're having trouble with the water heater now. Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. If it's 15 years old, maybe, but five uh-huh. years old, there's no real rush to do it. Now, we're assuming this is operating properly, which sounds like it is. But yeah, I mean, the great thing about the tankless water heaters is, is exactly that. Uh, you get endless hot water, but you also can save on energy because they're much more energy efficient. They And you can upgrade even to a condensing, they have condensing tankless water heaters, which even more energy efficient. Typical tankless units operate at like 80% efficiency where the condensing units operate at 90 to 98%. So you can really save quite a bit of electricity. And yeah, you can, these can be mounted outside. Now Sharon is in where Michigan, so she might not be able to mount it outside, but the great thing about mounting outside is that greatly simplifies the exhausting of the, of the right. fumes, yeah, right? So, um, but either way, yeah, they take up much less space there. Um, you can hang them on a wall in the basement or wherever you need to put them. Um, and they also, tankless heaters last up to 20 years, which is That's nearly right. twice, yeah. nearly mm-hmm. twice the average um, heater. So there are a lot of good reasons to install one. It's just, you know, we often hear from people who have a water heater that's 10, 12, 15 years old, but this is only five years old. So I think I might wait. Hey, here's another email that uh, came in from Judy in Alabama. I'd like to eventually replace my granite countertops because I've grown to hate them after 12 12 years. I'm so tired of the black, beige, and copper color and would like to use a quartz, solid white, and maybe a little gray veining. I'd also um, want to see what you think is best for stains or setting a hot pot on top of it. I say quartz because I'm having a hard time finding what I would like to see in granite without it being too busy. What do you recommend? In. You know, it's kind of funny. Oh um, uh, my, my previous house, I had a black, uh, I always loved the name, Ubatuba. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, Ubatuba. Uh, that was what the is color, that? That's the color of the granite. <laughs> <laughs> I always love saying that. Anyway, uh, I kind of got tired of it as well. And we have the, the white quartz, quartzite with, with the gray veining all through it. I love it. I mean, it's brighter. Yep. It's, you know, easy to keep clean. But, you know, I would never recommend setting a hot pot on any countertop. I mean, you know, certainly any of the solid surfaces like Orient and things like that, they say definitely don't do it. But really, it's not a good idea to put an intense heated pot 
spot directly on anywhere because it could cause a, a crack on any kind of um, th- surface like that. So using a, a little pad under it would be best. But quartz or quartzite probably is going to be the type of material that you're looking for that will give you the lighter color, steel stone, steel durable. And, um, you know, it's, it's you know, um, really does hold up very well. But still not um, something that I'd put a hot pot on, I don't think. Yeah, no, because it's a manufactured product. I mean, quartz countertops, um, you know, are, are it's not it's ninety percent, ninety three percent, I think, natural stone, but it's not one hundred percent stone. So, yeah, if you had a solid stone countertop, you know, whether it's you know a granite or marble or anything else, you could probably put a hot pot on it. Although I still wouldn't recommend it with without um, damaging it more likely but any yeah, any manufactured countertop like quartz you really have to protect it from those super hot pots hey we're going to take a short break here when we come back we're going to see what we can do to help a homeowner that's desperate to get rid of moles in her yard we're going to see what we can do when we come back you're listening to today's homeowner radio Today's Homeowner is brought to you by Custom Building Products, the leader in flooring preparation products and tile and stone installation systems. And welcome back to the show where it's time for our best new product segment brought to you by the Home Depot. How doers get more done. You know, power washers are a big help for homeowners, but not every cleaning job really needs a big full-size pressure washer. So Ryobi has introduced the OnePlus HP Brushless easy clean power cleaner. It's powerful and a portable tool for lots of different cleaning chores. It'll deliver up to 600 PSI. That'll pretty much blast away any of the dirt, light debris, and other messes that you might have. And the three-in-one nozzle allows you to choose between um, three different patterns of spray. You can have turbo, you can have the 15-degree spray and rinse, and so that you can match the job to do exactly what you want. So there's, you know, quite a variety there. There's also adjustable pressure button to switch between gentle cleaning and high pressure. It connects to a garden hose, a two-liter bottle, or uh, the included 20-foot siphon hose to supply the water. It all runs on the same 18-volt one-plus battery you probably already have, and they're just and they're kind of protected in a nice little water-resistant batter, battery enclosure. If we've intrigued you and you're ready to do a little cleaning around your home, Get yours today at homedepot.com. Okay, we're going to go right back to the Today's Homeowner Hotline, try to get as many answers as we can out this week. Racine is in uh, Missouri. Welcome to the show, and uh, tell us what's going on around your house. I have a serious mold problem in my backyard only. My backyard is like 2,300 square feet, and I've used different products, granulas. I even bought those sonic spikes, and nothing seems to work. And my yard is just tore up with holes and mounds of dirt. And I just don't know what to do next. Well, I tell you what, those guys can certainly make a mess. Um, I was walking on a yard the other day, and the yard looked pretty nice, but it was so spongy. And uh-huh. yeah. folks folks said the same thing, you know, that the, the moles have just taken over. Of course, the moles are after um, food, so they're looking around for the grubs. And Joe um, uh, Joe and I have talked about this a lot on the show over the years. We have, yeah. The, the ultrasonic deterrence, as much as we can tell from everything we read, they really don't work. 
But Joe, what do you think would be the best thing for her to, to try? Because obviously it's a pretty serious problem. Yeah, Racine, it's, it's very frustrating when you have them because you never have one, right, <laughs> which is part of the problem. And they build these nest, these uh, system of tunnels, and it, you're right, it completely ruins the yard. But as Danny mentioned, they're typically there because they're eating grubs or something like grubs that are growing just below the surface of the grass itself, like maybe in, down just an inch or so. And so if you eliminate the food source, of course, the idea is that the moles will move on to someone else's property. Um, and so they do specific, make a specific herbicide that, that's relatively safe, and you spread it on your lawn, almost like a fertilizer, and that will kill, kill the grubs, and, and then hopefully the moles won't harm the moles, and hopefully they'll go away. And the only other technique that works are the traps. And, you know, I mean, I, I prefer not to be killing these moles all over the place. Plus, you have a lot of them. And these you may have seen, they're spring-loaded spikes, and you put them in the tunnels, and they when they walk through the tunnels, I guess they trigger it, and these spikes jam down and kill them. And, you know, but that, that I'd rather avoid that. So I would try the – now, this is assuming they are moles and not voles, which starts with a V, but if you're, if you're right. sure they're moles, then, yeah, you'd have to – get rid of the grubs first with an herbicide. So go to a local, you know, you can go to Home Depot and check out the garden department. I'm sure they have an herbicide specifically designed for eliminating the grubs in your property. Okay. All right. Well, best of, right. Best of luck to you. I know they can be frustrating, but uh, you will win. Keep after it. You'll win. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Our pleasure. Thanks. She's, so out, she's outnumbered, but she can win. I remember we heard, we were talking about this one time on the radio and we got an email from someone who said he had him in his garden and he put, he took um, juicy fruit gum. Yeah, I remember. He didn't. That. He didn't yeah. chew it up. He just took a stick of juicy fruit gum, like right out of the package, unwrapped it, and started stuffing it in the tunnels. I don't know where he came up with this idea. <laughs> and he said that that worked. I'm not sure why they don't just start chewing gum. Why the yeah, mold? Whatever. So I'm not. So if you want to try that, I guess you could try that too. There you go. I mean, that's a pretty inexpensive way to go. About yeah. It. Right. Hey, we're going to get back to some emails here, and we'd love to get one from you anytime. Todayshomeowner.com slash ask. This one came from Massachusetts. Patty asked, we have double-pane windows in our home. One of the windows has fog between the glass panes. How do I fix this problem? Well, best thing there is, uh, Patty, is to call uh, a glass company because there's yep. nothing that we've ever found or heard that will work to pull that moisture out of there, and it's only going to get worse. It'll, it just builds up in the scaling that, that takes place there. After a while, you won't even be able to see out of that. But it is a very common problem, and if you call around the local glass companies and ask, is this something that they um, do a lot of, you'll find the one or two uh, glass companies around there that you know that do that all the time. They have the service trucks. They come out. They have these specialty little tools. You're able to remove the glass, and what they'll do is they'll measure it. They'll order it. Usually takes a couple weeks. They'll come out and literally within minutes they can pull that out and put the yep. other one in. So that's what um, that's what I would suggest on that particular one. But boy, those you know they just seem like it just keeps coming and coming yep. because they. I think they. Um, I had someone explain it to me one time in terms of the way the windows used to be. Um, right. You know, vacuum sealed and some of the things mm -hmm. that they've improved yep. to kind of prevent all of these failures that we're hearing about. Yeah, it does happen. Patty's lucky that it sounds like it's only one of the windows because we've heard from homeowners where you know all the windows, of course 
are made by the same manufacturer, and you might have, they might have three or four that have failed. Um, and the other good thing to do is when you call the glazier and have them come out, ask them to check if there's a warranty still on these windows. Patty doesn't say how old these windows are, but you know they are they are covered. The seal is covered under a warranty by most manufacturers, so maybe you can get it done for free. But yeah, once that seal between those two panes of glass, it's called insulated glass because it's insulated by a, some air or argon gas between those two panes, and that's what makes it more energy efficient. But once that seal around the perimeter is broken, even if there's a little pinhole, condensation gets in, there's really no fix, you know, other than replacing it. Here's another quick email here. Claire uh, down in Florida says, could you please tell me how to remove a toilet seat? which someone has caulked over the screws to prevent <laughs> rusting. Wow. Oh, I've never uh, heard of that one before. Never heard of that one either. Um, <laughs> you, you, uh, you know, you can you can take a hacksaw or maybe even just a hacksaw blade with a pair of gloves right. yep. and hold on to that blade and slip it right underneath the flange of the shower and just cut that bolt off. You're not going to reuse it anyway. And you can cut that, um, just take yep. it easy so that you're not scarring up the toilet. You might even put a little painter's tape down first then so that the saw blade doesn't, um, you know, cause any uh, damage to the, um, to the uh, toilet itself. And then yeah. just cut those studs out and pull it out and clean it up well, and then put the new, um, the new um, hand, the new seat in, but don't caulk it this time. That's what yeah. I'm trying well, she, to say. Well, she she needs a new toilet seat anyway because I can't remember the last time they made them with steel bolts. They're most oh, of them I know are, it. are nylon bolts for that exact reason. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they'll they'll hold up a lot better. You're listening to today's homeowner radio. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. Hey, we've got a great little uh, quick repair tip I want to share with you here from our friends at Tightbond. You know, some repairs you make are strictly about cosmetic appearance, while others are solely about improving the function of your home. But caulking the seams of exterior surfaces on your home actually serves both purposes at once. It creates a smooth transition between surfaces that always improve their appearance, especially if they are painted. And it keeps outside air and moisture from infiltrating the envelope of your home where they can damage building materials or affect your energy bill. Now that makes caulk very important. And since applying it can be very time consuming, you don't want to have to do it very often. So you want to select a product that'll last you a long time. You know, lots of people use use a siliconized latex for these jobs, but that material still will get somewhat brittle when it dries, so it'll crack if there's any movement in the space where it's applied. Unfortunately, there's always movement in exterior building materials because changes in temperature and moisture make them constantly expand and contract. So flexibility is critical, and an elastomeric sealer like Duramaster from Titebond can deliver that flexibility. Duramaster is capable of 100% movement, which means that after it's cured, it can stretch to twice its width or compress to half of it without breaking or cracking. And that means it'll keep your home well protected and looking good for a long time. And you can find out more about Duramaster by going to tightbond.com. That's a, we've used that on a problem door jam a while back and just oh, amazed yeah? at the flexibility and how well you could seal all of that up. So we appreciate that tip from our friends at Tightbond. Right now, we're going to go right back to the Today's Homeowner Hotline. I would encourage you to join us on the hotline, 800 946 4420. Karen is on the line from Pennsylvania. Karen, welcome to the show and tell us what's going on around your house there. I have an in-ground pool and it's about a 15 by 30 
and around the edges is concrete. Now, it's quite old, so the concrete seems very, very rough and porous. So I try to clean it. I spray it down, and I do the power washing every year, and it's just becoming more and more difficult to get it to look nice. And I was wondering if there was a product you could recommend to apply to that concrete but still keep a little bit of the uh, non-skid, of course, because the children are out there. Oh, yeah, well, Karen, certainly. you called you call the right guy because Danny <laughs> just built a home a couple of years ago in a pool, and you can share what you did, Danny. It worked Absolutely. out great. Absolutely. Well, well, I'll tell you, there's um, the, the thing about um, the concrete, uh, you're talking about it being porous. Uh, that's exactly what's causing the you know constant cleaning effort because dirt and water, everything else, get down in, in the pores of the concrete, and it's just going to mold and create mildew and everything. So you need to seal it up. But when you're dealing with outside surfaces like that, they still need to breathe. So you don't want to put like a urethane like you would put on an inside floor. So there's a couple things you could do. One is to buy a clear masonry sealer. You can put that in a pump-up sprayer like you use out in your garden. Go ahead and get it cleaned, you know, another time, let it dry, and then just apply about three coats of this on there. Now, when you apply it, it'll darken the concrete just slightly, but only for a short time. Uh, It'll kind of dry out and you won't even know it's on there. Matter of fact, by the time you do one coat in most masonry sealers, you can turn right around and do another coat. And you put those three coats on there and that'll keep that moisture from seeking down in there and it'll keep it cleaner for a lot longer. The other thing is um, using something our friend Peter Deitch invented and that is TrackSafe. You can check it out at DeitchCoatings.com. They have it. Uh, we've used it a lot. And it, again, it's a clear sealer, but it, it remains, I don't know how to explain it, almost kind of a tacky finish to it to where you're not, uh, it, it's a great anti-slip um, area. It's perfect for a round pool. Matter of fact, Peter invented this because he was walking out by his pool, <laughs> right, yeah. fell down, hit his head, said, okay, I got to do something. He invented this and it's worked very, very well for us. So either track safe or a clear masonry sealer. And I think you'll see a big difference and you won't have to use that pressure washer so much. Well, that sounds wonderful. Thank you very much. And I'm going to look into both of those things and hopefully get that done very, very soon. Good. And whatever you do, Karen, is don't paint it. A lot of people think, well, I'll just paint the concrete and it'll look look brand new and nice and clean. And yeah, it will for a little while, but then when it starts wearing off or peeling, then what do you do? You know, so whatever you do, don't paint it. Especially in northeastern Pennsylvania, we have temperatures from below zero to sometimes 100 degrees. So Right. Well, uh, these products Danny recommended is definitely the way to go. Okay. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your assistance. And I do enjoy your show very, very much. Great. Well, thank you. Well, I appreciate that. And I hope you have a fantastic weekend. You too. Thank you so much. Okay. My pleasure. Well, Joe, we got a simple solution coming up. Can you share with us a little bit uh, about what you might be sharing with us? Sure. How to use a circular saw to make long rips and plywood accurately and safely. Boy, I bet a lot of people listening right now uh, can tell stories about um, little mistakes they might have made. Yeah. That is a dangerous thing when you're stretching out and stretching That's out. Right. You always yep. need to be in a comfortable position. Look forward to hearing that tip, and uh, you will as well. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to today's Home on Radio, and we'll be right back with that simple solution. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Pavestone. 
creating beautiful landscapes. Okay, it's Simple Solution Time, the time of the show where Joe takes over the microphone and shares with us this wonderful nugget of knowledge. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> okay, here's a nugget for you, Danny. Don't get excited. It's not a chicken nugget. <laughs> it's just a nugget of information. Okay, right. when, use, when using a circular saw to make long, narrow rip cuts in plywood, it's important that the cut piece is fully supported throughout the length of that cut to prevent it from sagging down. Because if it's not supported and it starts to sag down, the saw blade can get pinched in the cut and then the saw might kick back to you, which is a very dangerous dangerous situation. So you want to avoid that. So here's the simple solution. To prevent the plywood piece from sagging down, all you need is some duct tape. So you start with the saw, start the saw and make a cut, maybe like 12 inches or so into the plywood and then stop and you take a roll of duct tape, pull off a big old strip. Don't rip it off yet, but just pull out and you slip it into the kerf, which is the cut you made, slip it into the kerf and stick it down to the top surface of the wider piece of plywood, the piece that you're, you know, you're going to be saving. So you, you stick it down on top and then you pull it underneath the sheet, rotate it, flip it over, bring it up along to the top and stick it down to the narrower piece that you're ripping. So what you're doing is basically making like a little truss out of out of duct tape that's going to hold it. Now you continue your cut. And as you make that cut longer and longer, that piece would have a tendency to sag, but now it can't because the, pl the duct tape is holding it up. So you just finish your cut and it's fully supported. It won't sag. And then, of course, you just take off the duct tape and you're done. That's one of over 550 simple solutions waiting on you right now at todayshomeowner.com slash simple solution. Joe, I'll tell you, we could do an entire show on various uses for duct tape. And, oh, you know, absolutely. The, the, yep. the company that produces duct tape um, every year, I don't know if you ever heard of this. You could look it up online. It's very entertaining. A duct tape prom. So I think the, I've seen that. Are these yeah, dresses or tuxedos they, sort of they, made out of duct tape? You, you, all your clothing has to be made out of duct tape. And, How do you get and, it off? And if you I stick don't know, it on but, yourself. I well, guess you don't actually stick spend, it on yourself. Uh, you know, hundreds of hours doing some of these. I mean, some of them are just <laughs> uh, remarkable, you know. Yeah. And, and I mean, they challenge you because uh, they have about 10 different colors of duct tape. A lot of people don't oh, that's realize right. that. Yeah. And so you can use the different colors to accent it. And a uh, pretty cool little thing, though. But I've, I've seen I've seen a number of pictures. That I've never been to the duct tape prom, but <laughs> I guess... Um, Fingers uh, you know, crossed. And then, and then you know, the king and queen of the right. duct tape prom are named. So, you know, I, I, I could just see that crown that they wear, right? You know, <laughs> duct tape with uh, some bedizzle on it. So, bedazzle. So. <laughs> hey, I want to remind you what you can see on the Today's Homeowner nationally syndicated television show this weekend. Now we're in our 25th year. We've got a brand new show here we're calling Kid Bathroom Update. We um, did a fairly modest renovation on a bathroom, but it made such a big difference with um, repairing some walls, painting it. I uh, had a lot of problems. I mean, the, the mirror was hanging too low. We put a new mirror in and raised it, put better lighting in there. We also had this funky little accent tile around it. Just didn't look right. And so Chelsea came up with a great idea of being able to paint it in um, a different color. And it actually turned out to be um, still an accent, but one that just looked a little bit modern. And also, if you have a dingy um, ceramic floor, uh, you'll see what a difference it can make by cleaning it and then coming back and putting a color stain 
on the grout, it, it, it just looked like a brand new floor from what it looked like before. So all of that's on the Today's Homeowner Television Show airing this weekend. And you can find out where you can see it in your area by going to todayshomeowner.com. You can also see over 600 other episodes that we have that are on various streaming platforms such as Zumo, Tubi, Freevee, Pluto, Roku apps, as well as we have our own channel on the Vizio Smart TV as well as LG Smart TV. So check out the show um, when you're not listening to the radio show and you'll see what we've been doing uh, for over 25 years. Well, that pretty much wraps up the first hour of today's Homeowner Radio. I'm Danny Lipford along with my buddy Joe Truini. Thanks so much for spending some time with us here on today's Homeowner Radio. 